Hey, welcome to Oasis Singles. My name is Pastor Dave, and I'm so excited you're here. By the way, this site is not just about Christian dating service, reviews, and so forth, but it's also about life advice, all things Christian single. We have articles, we have interactive ways that you can get in touch with each other, and we also have podcasts that are all about the Christian life. I hope you enjoy our site, and I hope you enjoy the podcast you're about to listen to right now. God bless. Song of Songs is a song that Solomon wrote for his lover about uh, love, and it's written in um, a song format, and he has like the girl speaking first, and this is his lover, I'm assuming they're married and they're together, and you ever like watch a movie where, I have some movies are like this, where it goes to the end, in the beginning of the movie? Where, you know what I'm saying? Like, they see, like, the first minute, they go, wait a minute, this is crazy. This is like the end of the movie. And then it starts and flashes back to the beginning. Well, this is kind of what's going on in the Song of Solomon. And they're starting out, like, really hot and heavy. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of churches will say this book is an allegory, kind of like for Jesus' love for us and the church. And that's true. But it's also, it's just plain that this book is about romantic love and how we should look at romantic love, how we should look at sex, how we should look at relationships in the context of the Bible. And the problem is in our society, it doesn't matter whether you're a millennial like you guys are or whether you're an old, what are we, baby boomers? It doesn't matter if I grew up watching Mr. Ed or watch some other show like Keeping Up with the Kardashians like I know you do. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's all the same. And this is an amazing thing. Check this out. Check this out. This girl. Oof. This is the girl. And she's talking to Solomon in this song. And he wrote it. So that's, guys, that's why it's like she's really hot for him. Because he wrote it. But here, this is all under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Let me add in here that we believe the Bible is God's authoritative word. It is the word of God. Um, we don't make any excuses for the Bible. We believe that Jesus is alive. He died. He rose again. He's coming back soon for his kids. Amen. He's going to wipe away every tear. The lame shall walk someday. Amen. The blind shall see. All the wrongs, all the racism, all the crazy things you see in the world, the ISIS, all that stuff is going to go away. And Jesus is going to reign forever. And we're as kids, and we're going to party forever. Is that exciting to, is that exciting to talk about? Yeah. But I'm just laying the framework because I want you to know what we're all about in this place. So, but anyway, this is the word of God. And she's saying, check out, she's saying, kiss me. Kiss me again. <laughs> For your love, your love is sweeter than wine. I mean, this she's intense. This is intense. Guys, don't you wish you had a girlfriend or, 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 or a mate like this? Or, 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 and, and vice versa. Look at this. It's amazing. How fragrant is your clone? Now, how many of you guys use Jovan? Anybody use Jovan? Huh? Jovan? No. <laughs> This was given to me 30 years ago. Hey, hey, hey. I used to spray this all over my mullet 30 years ago. Your mullet. Right? So this is like, this is like uh, you'd walk into a room and everybody would know, there's Dave walking into the room. It's like, but she's saying, she's saying how fragrant your cologne, your name, remember that word name, your name is like a spreading fragrance, no wonder. All the young women love you. Hey, babe, you know what you got it going on? You got it going 
basically she's just saying all this and continuing the next slide, and you'll see this woman is totally head over heels, but, but Solomon says, take me with you. Come, let's run. The king has brought me into his bedroom. And we all know it's going to go on there, right guys? <laughs> this is exotic, isn't it? It's erotic, exotic. It's the fact of the matter is, God says that sex, you go to the next slide, love and sex is awesome. It equals awesome. I mean, it's just awesome. God created this. This is nothing to be ashamed about. It's nothing to work. We're in a church, but you know, you could be holy. Should I say horny? No, no. You could be holy, but you could be holy and, and be a sexual being all in one. You know, horny is not a bad word in the right context. And the script, what we're going to talk about is that in context, sex is awesome and wonderful in context. The right place, the right time, the right person. In the right way. And that's what we're going to talk about this whole five week series. It's awesome. But the problem is, in our society, I mean, all of us, we, we see it all over the place. Uh, sometimes there's, when, we, when we distort how God created sex, when we distort how God created a relationship, when we distort in our society, even in our own lives, in my own, in my own background, when we distort what we want and replace it. Was what when you replace what God wants with what we want, we all get screwed up. You know, we get like there's different ways of getting screwed up. You know, I, I say the three H's. You guys have heard of this. If we distort it, you can get into some habits, sexual habits that you go to the next slide. Where you know, this is a pornography, for example. Right? Wait, why is that guy wearing a red rock shirt? <laughs> None of us, of course, are into pornography. But actually, the fact of the matter is, 20, this is crazy, 35% of pastors, don't be looking at me, 35% of pastors are addicted to porn. Can you believe that? Now, if 35% of pastors are addicted to porn, I wonder how many of you guys are addicted to porn. I mean, pastors are supposed to be better than other people. That's a big lie. But the fact is, this is a terrible, terrible uh, plight. It ruins relationships, it ruins sexual satisfaction. Uh, porn does all those things, and it's like, it's kind of replacing, why would you want plastic, and I've been there, why would you want plastic and like a 10 minute thrill for the real thing? I'm, wouldn't that be much better than the real thing in God's context? But you guys know all this already, but I'm just laying the framework. Next thing is this, I see this a lot, and um, whoa, 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 easy, easy. This is, uh, you know, spiritual, <laughs> this is uh, spiritual hangups. Spiritual hangups is this. So I grew up in a, in a church. I grew up in a place where they taught me that uh, sex is bad. They taught me don't do that. They taught me, um, you know, I would go blind and my, my, I would grow hair on my knuckles if I masturbated. Why are you looking at your knuckles? <laughs> <laughs> you grow up in environments where there's such a distortion out there, whether it's through TV, through media. Through, you know, and I know you guys feel a little awkward. You know, why are you using such words in, in church? Well, because it's out in the culture, and we want to bring it in to the church and then redefine it by what God says. And a lot of us grow up hanging out. So I, I, you know, just so you know, we're from Oasis Church, that we have two other locations, and Oasis started as an online dating site. We actually have, believe it or not, we get over 100,000 visitors worldwide through our website. Uh, if you were to go through your, not only now, but if you were to go through your iPhone and go to 
God who are being in look on eHarmony game service, we're going to be number one for that key phrase. We get thousands of kids, thousands of millennials writing to us with their sexual hang-ups because, because of the distortion that's in this society. It might have been something that was taught them when they were younger. It might have been um, maybe they are living a life of, of guilt. Maybe I, I had this going on in counseling a lot. So in counseling, the couple comes in and the, the girl says, yeah, we're going to have sex 15 times a week. And the dude's going, yeah, baby. He's all excited that 15 times a week. And then they get married. And then all of a sudden, when you get married, and I'm, I'm for marriage, we're going to get there. But also when you're married, all of a sudden, it drops down to like once a week. He's going, hey, wait a minute, what happened to the 15 times a week? And then it turns out later on that, well, honey, I didn't quite explain it, but I, you see, I have this, this, this thing in my past. I, 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 I did some things. I, I slept around a lot. Now, now that it's legal, I can't enjoy it because I'm, I'm hung up on the past. I'm hung up on what happened. I'm hung up on my shame and all that stuff, and I can't quite get over it. And many of us go through our lives, instead of enjoying sex to the max and the way God designed it, we end up instead suffering in ways like habits and hang-ups and so forth that just bring us down and actually preclude us from enjoying what God said. He created it. You know, you didn't invent sex. You know, I remember when I was younger, I realized, um, am I sharing too much? Let me know. <laughs> I remember when I was younger, I realized, hey, you know, um, I'm a sexual guy. I'm a sexual being. I was like 10 years old and realized like I had one of those things called penises, you know, and it was like a, uh, it was like an experience, you know, but God created us as sexual beings. This shouldn't be something you should be embarrassed about. You should think of it, though, how does God want me to think of it? And this leads us to the third thing, is sexual habits, sexual hang-ups, sexual hurts from our past. It all leads into that, and many of us, myself, I just want to make a confession right now. I am a survivor of sex abuse. A survivor of sexual abuse, and um, and you know it's a tough thing. It's a very tough thing. I know so there's probably with all these people in this room, there's one or two of us that have been there, or maybe on the other end. Maybe you've done things to people you wish you didn't have to take that virginity away from that girl at that age, or maybe you you know it's the other way around. You're, you've been abused in some way. You're, you're, you're dealing with that. You're somehow trying to. How do I deal with all this? How do I fit this in a context where I can be healthy and enjoy an actual, awesome relationship? And so, throughout these five weeks, you go to the next slide. Throughout these five weeks, we're going to be talking about some awesome things that are very, very important. And most churches may not talk about it. We, we need to talk about it to become healthy. We need to have God have a, a we need God's view on these things. First thing, today, we're going to talk about how to attract the right person for you. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about how to successfully pursue a love interest. I said pursue, not stalk, guys, right? <laughs> and, then, and then the third week, and I know you guys are already marking that down to, to be here, uh, we're going to talk about how to enjoy great, great sex in the context of God's Word. How to enjoy great sex. Who, who wants to enjoy great sex in the right context? Nobody? Come on now. Am I embarrassing y'all? Is it too much? <laughs> I know you do. It's okay. In the right context. Here's a good one for 
dating and so forth and in a relationship. How to argue and fight without killing each other. Oh, wait, did I say killing each other? I mean, how to argue and fight with your date or mate without breaking up. You know, um, I was a mediator before I started, God called me to plant a church, and we started talking about, you know, see all the arguments that go on, stupid arguments. People are, couples argue about the stupidest things. You know, before, after the argument's over, they go, why are we arguing? About. They couldn't even remember. One couple I had was arguing about how to get to church. They were driving on a Sunday morning. The dude calls me up, 22 year old, and said, Pastor Dave, uh, we're not coming to church because we got into an argument. I said, what are we arguing about? How to get to church, the best way to get to church. Are you kidding me? Crazy, right? It's so important to have these skills in a relationship. We'll go through that. And then finally, how to plan for a healthy marriage. How to build that foundation. Because if you're not doing it, hey, you only marry those you date. You only marry those you date. And uh, you see that all the time. And uh, speaking of dating services, you can go to the next slide. Speaking of dating services, uh, it's funny. We, we have, it's called Christian Dating Service Plus. That's part of our uh, Oasis Christian Singles blog. And um, I started this blog for Christian singles all around the world because I wanted to them to connect with God in ways that are healthy, and we get we get tons of responses every day and week asking advice. And the biggest thing is, how do I make a dating profile? Any of you guys do online dating? And uh, Tinder, okay. Joe on Tinder, right? And he and in the profile they make these craziest claims. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm great. I have 18 and a half inch biceps, and uh, you know I'm six foot five. He's probably like five foot two, 103, and so forth. And uh, she says, "Yeah, you know I'm, uh, I'm I'm an average girl." And what she's really saying is, "I'm ugly as sin." <laughs> and I mean, people lie on your dating profiles. It's just it just go just take it with a grain of salt and try to like just gauge it, okay? Because they just you know you know it's true. And then and the worst was the ones that don't put the picture in, but you'll be surprised when you see me. Because they don't put the picture in. But, um, so, the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is, we're going to be talking today, how to attract uh, the, the, the right person for you. All in the biblical context of the Song of Solomon. Why don't we bow our heads and pray. Father God, I thank you so much for today. Lord, I know, Lord, this is an awkward uh, subject. I pray, Father God, though, that you would anoint us, that you would be with us, that you would fill us with your spirit, and that you would open our hearts to some truth of your word. And it's, it's okay to have fun in church, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that your spirit would reign and touch hearts where you want them to be touched today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, in these days, a lot of people think, a lot of people think that, and I, I did a survey, I, about a thousand people answered back online. I, I, we asked the girls first, hey, what are you attracted to in another person? What is it that attracts you? And then we asked the dudes too. And some surprising answers. You would think like, what you think is, would be number one, is it number one? And the good news for us ugly guys like me, it's not the looks, guys. There's other ways you can attract these, these, these creatures of, of beauty. It's not, it's not all the looks. And, uh, you know, and, uh, so we're going to talk about some of these things that what does the Word of God say? So we're going to write into this. First, a godly character. A 
godly character. And uh, so you go to the next slide. And um, by the way, don't you like that background? I kind of like those hearts and stuff. It's kind of nice. I like it. So here we're going back to the first uh, verse, the second verse of chapter one. And the girl, she says, "Kiss me and kiss me again, for your love is sweeter than wine. How fragrant your cologne! Your name is like a spreading fragrance. No wonder all the young women love you." And notice that the first thing she centers on is name. It's not the physical appearance. It's not like, "Yeah, man, you have such." You're never sitting in front of you. You have such beautiful <laughs> eyes. You are just so, you know, whatever. No, the first thing she says, how fragrant is your cologne. Now, back in those days, let's face it, people didn't take baths, right? It was like one of those things where, now when I was a kid, back in the, whenever I grew up, I'm telling you, but it was like Saturday night bath night. Oh, no, it was Saturday night bath night. I would run away from my mom, you know, she'd try to bathe me once a week. <laughs> That's what they did in the 60s, all right? <laughs> Don't hate on us. We produced you. Look what happened. <laughs> You're looking at the end result, all right? I'm your future. <laughs> Are you happy? <laughs> but anyway, uh, they didn't take baths often. It's what she said. Hey, you know, it's your name. In other words, it's not just your reputation. It's your character. You know, there's a difference between... And that word here, it's your character. It's what makes you, you. It's like your dependability, your, 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 your substance as a person. Now, you can have a good reputation out there in society. A reputation is, oh, yeah, he's cool, she's cool, she's hot, he's hot, he's not. Uh, and, oh, he's a great baller, he's a great student. But they don't know anything about the inside of our community. We can portray a great reputation out in society. We see it all the time with, with politicians. Then we get surprised that they're like, you know, screwing around with the whoever. We get all surprised because their character had a flaw. So the difference between character and, and, and reputation is reputation is something people think of you as being, doing, and, and character is who you are deep inside. And what she's saying, it's your name that I love. It's your character that I love. And, 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 and guys, uh, guys being girls or guys, whoever you look for, it's the character that's the most important thing. You know, after a, a, a while, uh, gravity is going to take control of, of uh, your body. And, and now, the Bible speaks a lot, of, we're going to get into the physical, week three, we make sure you come back here. But week three, but the Bible has positive things to say about physical beauty. We're going to get into this, it's going to be awesome. And, um, but the problem is um, it doesn't start with that, it's the character. And after a number of years, you know, the, the flower's gonna fade, it says, and, and then you're stuck with the person. It's the character, right? <laughs> you're stuck, you're stuck. Some people are stuck, stuck. But it's the character that makes the person. That's what she's saying. And it's not so much about finding the right person. A lot of us are saying, what am I gonna find the right person? How, how come I always get stuck with the losers? I always hear this. How come I always get to lose? Why do I have to lose? He doesn't even have a license to find out why. He doesn't drop. You know, he wants me to do everything. He's a loser. 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 <laughs> Anybody feel like that? All right. A couple brave hands went up. And then the dudes say, like, why are they all psychopaths? I don't get it. Why, why can't I meet a normal person, a normal girl? Why do I have to have one? 
trapped like a, like a, like a psychopath back then. I don't get it. And what we see in God's word is, you know, you basically end up attracting who you are. You basically, you know, if you're complaining about, if you're complaining, I mean, I hate to go there, but you gotta go there. And you're going, well, why do I always do? Well, let's take a step back. Let's take a step back. Now, if you've been through three or four of these psychopaths, and you keep attracting these psychopaths, maybe, just maybe, I'm not saying, just maybe it's a little bit like a connection between, you know, what you're looking for and, and what you're going to get. So if you're looking in places, you know, if, you go, if you're looking for like a, 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 a trout and you go to, that's a, that's a freshwater fish, and you go to, you go to like the ocean, what do you expect? You're not going to catch a trout there. You know, if you go into like a certain area, like a lot of people go to the, I definitely get to go into bars, I go to bars all the time. Just saying, if you go into certain places, you're going to get certain results. And that's what's kind of going on here. It's not so much about finding the right person, it's about being the right person. This is so true. A lot of us worry, I wonder how am I going to find the right person? You get my dating profile, lie a little bit, yeah, yeah. that going on. And but what it really is, is being the right person. What happens, we see, I see this all the time, and I've counseled, no lie, I'm not exaggerating when I say hundreds and hundreds of, of, of what I call clients back then in family court, uh, where, and even after in singles groups, where um, the issue is really matter of just settle down, just work on your character. Be the person that you're looking for. Does that make sense? Be the person that you're looking for and you will attract that, that person. Be that character. Grow that character. Work on that character. What is it about our character that we can improve in God's word? Do we, you know, if you're a Christian, some of you may not be Christians today, that's, that's fine at this point, but grow where you are, work on the person you are. And a lot of us, we get into, we get in one screwed up relationship, and some of us just, you ever meet like the people that just have to have a girlfriend, or they just have to have a boyfriend. After they get into this crazy psychotic relationship where this relationship didn't work out, they go from one to the next to the next, not first take, whoa, take a little chill out, you know, just chill out a little bit, and like uh, take stock of where we are, what we're doing. This is a comfortable sofa. I like this thing. And, and just like, you know, and just um, work on the character. That's what, that's what she's saying here, is the character. And it goes both ways. She's talking, but and singing, but it could be guy here, it doesn't matter. It's all about that, building our own character. That gave me hope. You know, um, I'm one of those crazy introverts. And you look at me as like an introvert. You're like the, the opposite of introvert. But I wasn't very much of a crazy panic disorders and all that stuff. And um, I started putting these principles into practice and then God opened this Isn't it amazing how God will bring to you that right person when you become the right person? Character. Second thing is the ability to share insecurities. That's vulnerability. And you see in this song what's going on here. Now they're getting to know each other. Now remember, she started off hot and heavy, run into the bedroom. Yeah, baby, run into the bedroom. But remember, that was a flashback. We're flashing back down to the beginning. And they're getting to know each other, and she's saying these things, and she starts opening up to him. And she's saying, listen, I am dark but beautiful. And we're going to talk about the context of what's going on here. Oh, woman of Jerusalem, dark as the tents of Hagar, dark as the church of Solomon's tents. Don't stare at me. Don't stare at me. She's talking to him now in this way, uh, and, and also in the songs of these girls. Don't stare at me because I am dark.
My brothers were angry with me. They forced me to care for their vineyards so I couldn't care for myself and my own vineyard. It's so cool that, I love that. And, and uh, what she's saying here is um, that her body is a vineyard. Her body is a vineyard. We're going to talk about the expression of, of, of Solomon enjoying that vineyard in week three. So I hope we come back for that. But what we have going on here is she's sharing a deep insecurity. Because back in that day, um, today everybody wants to be dark and tan and so forth. I see we're all multicultural here. But in that day, where they were at that time, um, it, was a, it was a thing of status not to be. They wanted to be that pink. You ever see that pasty white skin? That was in back then. And that was in, but um, it wasn't like that. Because if you worked, if you had darker skin, it meant that you worked in the vineyards, it meant that you weren't rich, it meant that you had to like be in the field so forth, and, and it was a lower status. And isn't it sad how we judge people's skins like that? Like we don't, we don't, we, a lot of people won't look past the power of a skin because they bypass this beautiful, maybe a beautiful character. Isn't that sad? And hope we don't do that. And but that's basically what's going on. And, but the point is, is and her brothers uh, forced her to, to work, to work in the fields and so forth. And she took the time to share her vulnerability and her insecurities with others. You will never find true love if you don't become vulnerable to to someone, to share your insecurities. But it's hard. It, it, it's really it's really hard, isn't it, to share our vulnerability because we all wear a mask, don't we? We all, especially on dates, especially on like. You meet the guy, oh, that, you're the guy that I was, okay. Don't put the guy in the profile picture. It's like 10 years old, he's younger than it was. But um, it's really hard. Right? I mean, I remember growing up uh, myself, uh, I had this insecurity, this hang up about uh, my nose. Why are you looking at my nose now? <laughs> and uh, they used to call me in, in grade school uh, Toucan. You know, Toucan is the guy who <laughs> Follow your nose wherever it goes. <laughs> oh, toucan, toucan. And I was only like, you know, fifth grade. And the girls, this one girl I liked, used to call me toucan. And then the boys, who were even more mean, they used to call me Lincoln Tunnel. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had these big nostrils. And Lincoln Tunnel, toucan. I grew up, you know, you guys laugh at this. You're hurting me. But it's stupid, right? It's stupid. But I'm going to be totally blunt and honest with you. I didn't date in high school. In fact, I didn't even date halfway through college. Lose me, say. Because, believe it or not, I was embarrassed of my nose. I like this one. Can I, can I call them chicks? Is that sexual? Is that like, um, completely correct? All right. Well, we called them chicks back then. But anyway, this girl, I sat there and I couldn't even say hi to her. And whenever I would talk to her, I would be like this. Because, hi, hi. How are you? When I mean a girl walk by, I always like go like this. Or hide like, you know, hide like a piece of paper around my nose because I was always afraid. But I like my, if I did this, it was turned up a little bit. And I always like turned up noses. So I thought, maybe the girls would like that too. So I'd always go, excuse me, yeah, how are you? And I'd go around like that. I'm being totally blunt and honest with you. And I, 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 I you could go, aww. Come on, give me some love.
when I had my girlfriend, I, I, I was walking around, always walking around like this, talking, hey, Arby, how you doing? Do you want to go to the movies? You know? <laughs> and um, we dated eight months, and one day it came up, and I said, you know what? She goes, why are you always covering your nose like that? What's wrong with that? I feel like Rudolph's when it was reindeer, you know? And I go, well, and I share. And she said, you have an amazing nose. She said, she said I said, really? Rock my world, you make my vineyard go like grow a thousand. 
my darling, she says to her, he says, I liken you, my darling, to a mare. Wait, stop right there. <laughs> a horse! He's calling her a horse, all right? A mare is a female horse. But what? Not just any female horse. A horse among pharaohs, chariots. Chariot horses. And in that day, you see, and here how she's always secure about her, her dark skin and all that. And he's lifting her up. He took her insecurity. And instead of just like, yeah, you're right, man. You have that, you have that big nose, or you have that flaw right there, your legs are too skinny, or, or your eyebrows, you know, point the wrong way or whatever. You have Dr. Spock eyebrows, whatever it might be. <laughs> he says, My darling, you you're a mare on Pharaoh's chariot horse. So Pharaoh had these horses. And there was one particular horse, the lead horse, who was white and and precious and awesome. It was like so, so beautiful to look at and uplifted over all the other horses. And he's telling her, he's telling her, I don't care about that. What you think is a flaw. When I look at you, you're so precious. You're so stop there for a moment and say, that is how Jesus looks on you. You can be flawed. You can walk in here and sin. You can walk in here and she might come in here today. I don't know where you came from. Maybe you